Welcome to Consider This Question. Today we are going to be taking uh, the question about uh, Christians' view towards politics and going to be dealing with, with uh, uh, kind of a little more robust and a little more um, uh, specificity, I guess would be the biggest thing. I, I again have with me this time, although I'm the one moderating, uh, the great Drew Moss. Say hi, Drew. Hey. And uh, and the the interesting... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, always I'll take ha- it. always has an opinion, Ryan Vincent. Yep. And so that's what I love about him. Uh, today we're going to, again, continue to talk about the politics issue. Um, good response, I think, from our, our last podcast. And, you know, as we were concluding last week, guys, we kind of talked about the fact that we just had an entire conversation in the middle of a, a political season and never mentioned anybody by name, never dealt with that, and kind of want to deal with uh, maybe a little bit more of the spe- particular or specific questions mm-hmm. that some people might be going through. So I'm going to just jump straight into it. The question I've got for us to begin with is this. Last week, we obviously taped that podcast on politics, never mentioned any party or individual by name. Um, So I just want to ask this question, were we being cowards? And these aren't just three random Mm -hmm. descriptions. Were we being cowards? Were we being wise? Or were we being intentional about the topic? And so kind of talk a little bit about that. And uh, yeah. Uh, I can kind of I, waving my. F- I'll go oh, first. Drew's jumping since in. I since I asked, I, I did most of the question asking, and I so I guess I sort okay. of set it up in a way that yep. we weren't Good. saying a bunch of names. You know what I mean? But um, I, there were a couple of reasons, I guess, an answer: coward, wise, or intentional. Yes, is the answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think. Uh, um, the, this is what I love about I, you know what you are a a Renaissance man. <laughs> that's right. Of virtues and vices sometimes. <laughs> The wisest thing is cowardice. <laughs> um, <laughs> so here, here's here's a little bit of my thinking in that is, first of all, I really did want us to uh, address big picture ideas. In other words, I, I didn't want to just say what applies to 2016, but how should a Christian engage in politics, whether it's 2016, 2018, or 2020? Mm-hmm. What, what do we, how do we engage in this? And so I wanted us to talk kind of from the 10,000 foot level, the big picture of Christianity and politics and how we do that. And then kind of the second thing honestly does, I don't know if this gets into the cowardice or, or wisdom thing, but you mentioned it in the last podcast that People can have um, the same goal in mind, whether yeah. that's for our country or for the gospel or for the church or the kingdom, and believe very different things about how to get there, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And so it, this becomes, it, it becomes almost impossible to, when you make a statement, I support Trump or I support Clinton or I hate Trump or I hate Clinton. Names are out. Is. There you go. The yeah, names, names are out. We now, we now officially know. It's yeah. like Drew the Prognosticator <laughs> has now predicted who on this date, what is it, August 31st? I think so. September 1st. <laughs> um, okay, go ahead. So, but, but as soon as you say, I'm doing this because I think this is the best thing, it it by default says to other people what you're doing is wrong. Or if I say, you know, which is this is an issue of me, is I can't do X as a matter of conscience, then it says like, what's wrong with your conscience that you can do X, yeah, yeah. or you or, or you can do Y, or you can't, you know what I mean? And so yeah. as soon as we say that, and whether we mean that, I, I don't mean for it to be that, but I'm telling you, as I've sought the Spirit, as I've as I've prayed through these things, as I've read up on it, this is where I land on what is best for mm-hmm. the kingdom. You know what I mean? That so. is, I mean, honestly, that is huge. We could literally just su- sit and reflect on what Drew just said, um, because it teaches us a bit of a, a humility mm-hmm. that we need to have, um, a freedom in Christ issue. 
that I, I think yeah. we really, really do need to have. And even the separation between the kingdoms of this world and the kingdom of our, of our Messiah, of our Christ. Um, and so to, to recognize all of those things together um, kind of force us to do exactly what, what you just said. Yeah. Ryan, what do you want to say? in addition to the cowardice, wisdom, or intentional? And, and Drew answered the intentional piece. Anything you want to add about that or the other two? Well, I, in terms of why would I not, why would I spend 38 minutes or whatever the podcast was and not mention anybody by name? It's actually, it's not because I don't need to. It's because I think we are, as Drew said, intentionally not. And, and to maybe pull back the curtain on some of the wisdom in that regard, just the human heart. If I start out with, anti so-and-so or pro so-and-so i have lost half of my audience especially in this kind of realm if i well in oklahoma you've lost probably more like eight percent yeah the <laughs> red the red state yeah, you, know, depending, you know what i mean if the we lived in new york city we'd lose another eight percent it'd be the different eight percent yeah but if i can if i can hold both both let's say candidates if we're going to talk about the presidential election if i hold both of them in the center and i kind of walk around and just comment on this as an idea or as a whole, or just talk about the foundational principles, I still have credibility with people in both camps, at least to this point. But if I begin with, let me tell you 10 reasons why you're stupid if you're voting for Trump, I have now segregated lots of people sure. that were now, um, even when truth can be found, be unwilling to hear it. Mm -hmm. And so it's it's actually a little bit of a, of a, a speaking tactic or a communication tactic to Keep some cards close to the vest um, so that the truth can be heard. And then later on, once the truth is heard, then we can start to talk specifics. But I think general to specific works more effectively than, let me tell you my opinion, and then I'm going to substantiate it with a bunch of general truths. Mm. You won't hear the general truths if you already disagree with my initial conclusion. Yeah. So I saved mm -hmm. the conclusion for a long time so that you'll hear the truths. You know, and, and the, the piece I want to add, and I'm going to kind of share some, some thoughts that I went through as I was kind of going through this last night in my head, what we would talk about. Um, what can be understood as cowardice is actually just, it's more complicated. Um, we are now in a medium that is going to go out, uh, we're on a media that is going to go out that I can't answer an additional question. Yeah. So somebody's going to hear this um, that doesn't even know me, that doesn't understand kind of where I'm coming from, and they're going to hear a critique that I have mm -hmm. and run in a different direction. And so it doesn't mean that I wouldn't have that opinion. So I could be sitting down and uh, talking to you one-on-one, -on -one, and when I've got I don't have a time restraint. I don't have, you, you, you know where I'm coming from on these things. There's a backstory. Yeah. And so sometimes to just throw these things up on the media and to talk about it in a, uh, with, with a, with a, with a bravado is more careless yeah. than it is brave, you know? Mm. And I think that's one of the big pieces that we need to realize is that, um, as ambassadors of Christ primarily that we need to be very aware of this, this really hit me. Okay. Now, first of all, for the audience that knows me, I'm telling you something you already know, but like I have never voted in my life. And the reason why, before you are all offended, okay, the reason why is I'm Canadian and they don't let other people from other nations vote in American elections. So I moved to the States um, kind of right around the time when I would have started voting in Canada. And, uh, and so for that reason, I've never been legally allowed to vote. And so I've got, but I've got tons of opinions. And I remember uh, just kind of even walking through that whole process about who I would vote for, or how I would vote for. And to me, it was a bit of a no-brainer. And I began to meet Christian people that had an opinion and a way of getting there different than me. Mm -hmm. And I began to realize, wow, there really is another way to deal with this issue. Yeah. And so it's, it's not cowardice. It's mm -hmm. like, um, I want to make sure that we stay on 
task of kingdom first. You know, uh, we're interested far more in Christ and Him crucified yes. than God and country. Um, we're we're far more interested in um, uh, and not and not being kingdom only, but kingdom first. And those things need to shape our yes. politics. And so, for that reason, for the sake of the gospel, I choose on certain medias, even from the stage on Sunday. Um, it's I, I guess I'm I'm willing to do whatever I feel like I, I need to do for the sake of Jesus Christ, yeah. but I'm also not going to risk alienating. You yeah. described this, Ryan. I don't want to risk alienating, and I don't want to risk even my own foolishness yeah. in my bravado. And I'm allowed to have like personal opinions, mm-hmm. right? So, I'm, but I'm not just a pastor. I'm also an individual. And so I have an opportunity to have some deep personal convictions that I get to hold and that I might share one-on-one. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned I'm the one that has an opinion about everything. I, I, I like to antagonize at times or most of the time or all the time. And I am constantly learning that there is a way to give unfiltered truth with tact. Yeah. And to do so in a tactless way is the quickest way to be misunderstood and to be unhelpful, really. Yeah. Yeah, it just creates a, a dialogue I don't want to have. Yes. And so I'd rather, uh, at the appropriate time and in the right way, deal with the issue. Okay, question number two. Um, uh, it seems like uh, the most consistent theme of this year's election is concern, okay? Uh, or outright worry, but yeah. I mean... Panic uh, might panic be another good word. <laughs> is kind of a, a, a concern about the candidates, yeah. okay? I'm concerned about the candidates. Your thoughts, Ryan. I'll begin with you. I... I don't recall, and I'm I'm not all that old, but I don't recall any, any election or even reading about previous elections where the vast majority of people seem to be rather disenchanted with their own party's candidate, yeah, but are totally willing to back them as a defensive vote. I so it is this almost this fear of I don't really don't like my options, but I'm terrified of what they're bringing to the table, yeah, and. And this just makes me pause and think, wow, like, is fear going to put someone in this in this position? As, um, you know, Drew mentioned it at the end of the last episode, is our overwhelming anxiety betraying a hope that we have in something that it was never intended to provide? And, you know, if we will but linger long on the sovereignty of God, if it will kind of quell these feelings that we have in us where we're, ah, I'm a registered Republican, and I am, I'm a registered Republican. I, and I'll just throw it out there. Don't really like my options right now. And all I have is the like the pressure from fellow Republicans that I know you don't like him and there's reasons that you have concerns about him, but all collectively our concern is far greater on the other side. And so mm-hmm. therefore you need to support him so that she doesn't. And I just, it, it kind of creeps me out and makes me wonder like is this really the best way to make decisions based on kind of an unbridled fear and anxiety over how this sure. is going to play out and, and and let me let me just let me temper one of your words let's say somebody says okay i'm not unbridled i'm actually just legitimately concerned mm-hmm. so sometimes it's easy if it's unbridled fear we can categorize it and label it but what if it's just i'm not i don't have an unbridled fear i still trust in the sovereignty of god still concerned and and I truly that's where you know and we're we're going to talk about this question a little more in a second but that's that's that point where we might disagree on how on your conclusions and therefore what you should do um but if you will love Jesus more than anything vote your conscience and then later on submit to whoever ends up in the white house I'm totally cool with how you get there really am 
Um, just because you so, know. Say that okay. Say that again. If you have an allegiance first and foremost to Jesus and trust Him with all things, and then vote your conscience in November, and then come January, whoever's in the White House willing to submit to them, I'm cool with whatever it is you decide to do, and and submit in a biblical way. I believe yep. so. Yep. I like it, Drew. What do you want to? kind of add or change i mean everybody's talking about yeah. concern so tell me um and, and a little bit i like how ryan says yeah i'm concerned too yeah your thoughts yeah yeah it's kind of funny i was thinking like one of the least controversial things i can say here is i don't like either candidate yeah <laughs> right like that's not uh, even controversial yeah, yeah yeah i was reading i was reading this morning and there's a report on abc news that just said that clinton and trump have the highest uh, unfavorability ratings in in over 30 years. And that's not, I think that was, I don't know who it was originally, but it was like one candidate. This is both at the same time <laughs> have the highest are setting records, right? For unfavorability. And so nobody, a lot of people are really feeling at least concerned, if not unbridled fear. And I do sure. think, I think concern is okay. It's trying to work through and, and wrestle with whether I'm, I'm moving into concern or fear. You know, we were, we were joking around on Sunday that, um, I'm pretty sure everything's going to be okay unless somebody wins in November. <laughs> right? like that's, uh, everything will be fine, but if somebody wins, then it's going to be rough. Um, yeah. you know, Katie, bar uh, the door. <laughs> yeah, and, and I do think, so So there's that feeling of concern and that, uh, that feeling of anxiety, and, and I don't know if I would add much more to Ryan except to say that, to, to check ourselves and make sure because panic and, and outrage are not real becoming of the people of God, you know, and so to just to make sure that we don't cross the line from concern into yeah. unbridled fear, as you say. You and, I'll, and I'll add that I think that our concern stems from a narrow view of history. Even, like, I, my, my understanding of politics goes back to as far as Reagan. And Ooh. I know that is far. And I was... <laughs> the too, 80s. I know. <laughs> and so I look at these the next four years, and I can sense a little bit of panic welling up in me. And I'm like, ah, what's gonna happen? We're gonna we got it. the Supreme Court is on the line, and you know I, I just think that the sovereign God of the universe is saying, four years, like this is what you're panicking. You have a, like the massive reference point of thirty years of politics, um, and you are losing your mind over what the next four years could do. Yeah. And, and I, so I'm talking about myself, so I'm not, I'm not making accusations of someone else. But if I would just step back and say, let's look at the, the ability of the people of God to serve God and love him well across the millennia. Yep. Now, you know, Trump v. Hillary is put in its rightful place as, I mean, I can have an opinion on either side, but whatever the case, we'll be fine. You know, another thing about the concern piece, and I, I love that the primary issue should be, don't be overly concerned. Don't let your genuine concern turn into unbridled fear. The other part that I and I, I don't hear a lot of people talk about, and so you know we didn't, you guys didn't prepare for this idea. But let me let me throw something at you. What about the fact that it might be appropriate at times for us to say, you know, you should be concerned. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like this really is all. I mean, the, the fact that that thirty years is going on, the fact that we see within our candidates within the Christian community, some profound concerns on both sides mm -hmm. that really come back to some character issues. So on the one hand, we do need to trust in the sovereignty of God and all of that. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, it might be not bad for us yeah. to say, yeah, like something is broken with the political system and we should be genuinely concerned yes, yeah. about what it's saying about, um, uh, about the process. 
Uh, and so anyway, your, your thoughts about that in, in terms of how, again, embracing this concern yeah. in a Christian way. Yeah, you could, I mean, you could go back to, you know, all the way back to, let's say, just a, a really fundamental issue of like um, slavery in the 1800s. And, and you wouldn't want to say to the church, don't be overly concerned, yeah. right? Yeah. Like we ought to be... The civil rights yes, movement the civil of the 60s. The don't 60s. be overly concerned. Yeah, you yeah. ought to actually. There, there are things that we yeah. ought to be rightly concerned about, yeah. and they ought to spur us on to right action. And 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 so that's uh, we don't want to just... I, I, I've been concerned going into this election, and sometimes into downright fearful, if I'm honest. But I want to make sure, again, yeah. I, I hope yeah. that it spurs me to um, responsible, godly... Um, actions and character, you know what I mean? Yep. So. Yeah. And the other thing I, I've really been excited about is having some real honest conversations with my kids. My my uh, my youngest two kids are American, um, and I don't know if they've gone through the formal process. They may have, or actually, I don't. Need, but we we are having conversations, right? So my wife can't vote, my oldest son can't vote, but my youngest two sons. This is their first election. This I is their first election, <laughs> and so it's been really interesting. They're trying to be responsible. They love America. They they're trying to, and they love Jesus more. And they're trying to figure out, what do I do? And so I get to have a real conversation yeah. with them. Or we might have an opportunity, especially in a college town, um, to not share, hey, listen, this is this is who we have to vote for as a Christian, but how do I think through the yeah. process? And how should I be rightly concerned? And how do I, you know, is it party or is it individual? Yeah. Like, there's a whole bunch of different ways that we can slice this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just, I, I remember thinking, okay, maybe maybe concern is uh, has, an, has an appropriate level as well. Um Let's delve in a little bit deeper then. So what specific advice would you give to people about the upcoming Tuesday in November? Any any like rather specific advice that you would give as they are walking through the process of uh, making a decision? Eeny, meeny, yeah. miny. Oh, I'm not talking about the candidates. I'm talking yeah, about who yeah. will speak on this topic. <laughs> <Yeah>. Drew. <laughs> um, yeah, we keep saying this, and, and I'll get specific with it, but we keep saying this, but I would just say think kingdom. Yep. Think kingdom of God. And so um, I think about this verse always comes to mind around this time, which is Philippians 3.20, where mm-hmm. Paul is talking to the Philippians and he says, hey, keep your eyes on me, imitate me and imitate other godly men and women who are ahead of you, um, rather than fixing your eyes on and shaping your behavior like the world. And he yeah. says, because the world's behavior and what they get caught up in will lead to sin and ultimately destruction. But then Philippians 3.20 is, but our citizenship is in heaven mm-hmm. and we eagerly await a savior from there, Christ Jesus, the Lord. And, 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 and he's saying that, by the way, to, to people in Philippi, which was a town that was really proud of its Roman citizenship. Yeah. Yeah. Really, not every town in, in the Roman Empire were considered Roman citizens. Philippi was, and that was an extra privilege, and they were proud of it. And Paul says, just remember, that's not your actual citizenship. And I don't think when we say we're citizens of heaven or we're citizens of a different kingdom, that's not a metaphor for we're spiritual or we care about bigger things. It's a it's a legitimate reality that our first citizenship and our first allegiance is to a different, very real kingdom. Mm-hmm. And and so that ought to, first of all, I think my advice from that would be like, again, as we keep saying, take some peace from that, that we're from a more established kingdom. And then I would say vote, vote for the kingdom first and America second. So for the good of the kingdom of God, when you when you go vote, when you're praying through that stuff, think through, which I don't think we do this a lot, but think through what is best for the kingdom of God and for the church. Mm-hmm. And then second, vote for what's good for America. That's I think we, we have a, a, like a, a right and responsibility. That's great. 
but make sure your priority is first. What, what is best for the kingdom of God and the world today mm-hmm. and not just what is best for our country? So, yeah. Okay. And if, if we're voting first for the kingdom of God, that would look a lot like taking Jesus's words in Matthew 5 and finding a way as best as possible that we can live as salt and light. And in some, in many ways, this is where I, I would never, uh, I really don't think I would ever get to the point where I'd recommend complete um, abdication of political responsibilities or withdrawal from kind of the cultural climate in that sense. I really do believe that we should act as a conscience to the to the nation, that we should do whatever we can to defend the rights of those that can't defend themselves. So, you know, and particularly I'm talking about in this election season, this the issue of abortion and sexual ethics have risen to the top as things that particular parties might divide over. But my advice coming out of that is if that's my desire, if it is that though I, I don't need the government to make Christians, I do want to, however we can, leverage governmental authority to protect those that can't protect themselves and to um, offer those kind of services. I don't know if the White House is the like the end-all, be-all, zero-sum game. If I win or lose this particular seat of power, then all is lost or all is won. Sure. I think we have to rightly appropriate the office for what it can and can't do. And just my own personal kind of observations is I don't think that either of the major candidates are going to do a whole lot to bring the Christian ethic to the forefront. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can be a whole other conversation. But my advice, therefore, would be Vote vote how your conscience presses you on the presidential election. But if you want to be most effective, I would there's a there's a movement known as kind of the Benedictine option or the Benedict option, which says that probably the best way to influence culture is to do it in your local community. And therefore I would probably feel more weight and more concern about making the wise decisions at the local level mm-hmm. or at the state level. Where, um, like, these are the communities that, for for us, this is the community our church serves. Therefore, I care, you know, who is mayor or city commissioner, yeah. and I care who my state's congressmen are, because I think that that affects things far more than the commander of the American military. Yeah, you know, that's interesting. Because, and let me just kind of underline that statement because I've thought about that a lot. So we talk about November 11th or November, not November 11th. That's Remembrance Day. Uh, or Veterans Day here in the States. Um, first or second Tuesday? Second Tuesday? No idea. <laughs> you can it already tell what Drew's part. plans on that day <laughs> is, it first, is it second November? Is it, is it? I think it is the second November, or second Tuesday in November, I think is what it is. The Canadian is the one <laughs> describing this, by the way. Um, <laughs> but here, here's, here's, here's one of the things that, it, that it's good for us to remember. It's not just like two names on the ballot. Yeah that there's so much else that's going on. Mm-hmm. There's so much else that's actually at stake. And so often when we talk about politics, we talk about just that at the highest, highest, highest level, and we fail to recognize so much more that happens. Yeah. Um, and it's it's good for us to be uh, aware at the local yeah. level, aware at the state level, yeah. and also at the federal level. So don't don't give up on the process just because at the very, very top we're gen- legitimately concerned. Yeah. First, Okay, last thing. Um, there's going to be, obviously, people listening to this right now that have uh, not made a decision about what they're doing. Um, what specific advice advice would you give to somebody who, I don't know what to do? Uh, I'll go. I'll start this. There one. we go. Um, I, I actually talked with Jim about this last night. Um, I It's amazing how much of, you know, 
and again, as the guy who doesn't really favor either candidate too much, how much pressure I have from their supporters to win me to their side. When they do that, I, I find that it is typically done along the lines of either fear of who the other candidate is or some goodness that they have found in their particular candidate. And it, it is shocking to me how seldom anyone tries to win me to um, Clinton or to Trump on the policies that they intend. Like, no one is, is actually reading to me the Democratic or the Republican platforms and saying, if this is kind of where you fall, then you should... And it's it's just amazing how we 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 vote personality, not mm. politician. And and I just want to have more dialogue. And so, like my recommend, my my advice would be: if you're undecided, read up on like do the hard work of figuring out what they stand for, what they've promised to do. I can't. I mean, you can't hold anyone to such promises. But this is what they've said they would do. And uh, and I would even say, this is a personal conviction. Not everyone would agree with me. Don't get sucked into the two-party system. There are other options, and uh, I, I am not, I'm unconvinced. I, I think that, that it's a logical flaw to say that a vote for a third party is uh, a vote a point. against one. Yes, yeah. it, or, is a, or is a wasted vote. I, in my heart of hearts, I hope that I live to see the day that the two-party system dies a miserable death. Um, <laughs> I, I, just, I think it's in, inherently flawed. And so don't, don't overlook the other candidates. I'm not saying that there's one that I love more than the other, but there are other options than, than the than the blue and the red guy. Mm. So uh, blue girl. Blue girl, red guy. <laughs> there you go. Blue girl, yeah. red guy. <laughs> um Drew. Yep. So here's uh, like I said, I, I think we vote first with the kingdom and with the church in mind. And here's where we get into um personal opinion a little bit. But it's it's my belief that both of these candidates if they become president, Clinton or Trump, will have a negative impact on the church. Um, yep. And I believe that Clinton will have a negative impact legally on the church um, when it comes to issues of abortion and LGBT rights and, and how that's going to impact kind of some of the church's freedom. It's already um, Christian schools in California wrestling with things, yep. having some kind yep. of battles over. And she's not the cause of that. Sure. She's not the only one driving sure. that. But she will pick that platform up and run with it. She seems to. Yeah. I mean, yeah. unless I'm missing something. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so I believe that if, if Clinton is elected, that the church will have, it will have a negative legal impact on the church and some of the things the church can do. I believe if Trump is elected, that it will have a negative, um, a negative impact of perception of, mm -hmm. of the church. Because there's, there's no way around this as much as we may want to fight the, the, the facts or the statistics that are thrown out there, but that it is, it is kind of largely reported that the evangelical vote goes with Trump. That's in the headlines, three quarters of white evangelicals, which is usually what people think of when they think of evangelicals, right, are voting for Trump. And there are so many evangelical leaders, again, you can put leaders in quotations if you want or yeah, however yeah, you, yeah. whatever you see of them, but uh, Jerry Falwell Jr., uh, James Dobson, David Jeremiah, Eric Metaxas, who have kind of thrown their support behind Trump. And, and Trump has, again, I don't, I don't know if anybody would argue this, has just said and done a number of incendiary things about, said a number of awful things about women, said a number of awful things about people of other race, um, foreigners, and, and those kinds of things. And, and like it or not, fair or not, I believe if Trump becomes president, that there will be a lot of people that say, 
and the church is part of that. Like the, that, that yeah. will lump the church in with their anger yeah. towards him and yep. say, and and the the evangelical vote, the church vote, is what got him there. You guys supported Trump and yeah. everything he's about, yeah. and so there may be some more legal freedoms for the church if if Trump is elected, but there will also be, I believe, I think the church will suffer from her. The, the way the world views the church in, in, in America from that yeah. state. So, okay. So how does that, so, so I would how does say, that fit into? So then, yeah. So then what do you say to the, so I, this is, I, you know, what I would say, if, well, I would say, first of all, think through which you believe to be, if you're going to vote for one of these candidates, think through which of those negative impacts. Again, I, I can't prove that that's going to happen. Yep. That's what I yep. see. Mm-hmm. Which one of those negative impacts will be, Better or worse for the kingdom, better or worse for the church, um, and or or you may you may go. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this or do this or not, but you may say like me. I don't know if in in conscience I can support either of these candidates. It doesn't mean I don't show up to vote. It doesn't mean I don't care about the other things. But but because of both of these things, I don't yeah. know. And and you may say, well, Drew, one of them's going to be either. I think that's the yeah. big thing. One of them yeah. is going to be president either way. So you may as well pick and sway and. And, and here's where, again, the statement I said at the beginning, as soon as I say this, it's going to sound like I'm, yep. I'm making harsh statements about people. But yes, one of them may be, I don't know if I want to say that I was a part of that. Um, sure. and, and I know that there are godly men and godly women who are going to vote one for one of those candidates because they care about the church and because yep. they care about the kingdom and because they care about America. And I really, I really can say like, um, God bless you in that. And I'm glad that you're like, I'm, I'm, as long as you're pursuing the Lord on that, then, then great, man. You're still, we have bigger things than, than yeah. the president of the United States that bond us. And so you're still, I, I got no problem with you, but I'm just stating my own statement is yeah. I, I don't know if I want to align myself with what I believe will be the impact on, on the church either way. So, yeah. Well, and I, I love the honesty about that. I love the fact that you're, you're dealing with kingdom issues first. Um, you know, I think all those things are helpful. One of the things that, you know, I, 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 I've just been frustrated in terms of the whole process and, and my frustrations have always lined up. Uh, I'm, I'm more frustrated with uh, the Christian community that gets it wrong than I am the world community that gets it wrong. Uh, I believe the kind of the judgment of God begins with the household of faith, kind of a kind of a mentality. So before I can just get mad at the world, um, I'm far more frustrated with the church. And I... I I think you're right in your assessment in terms of how it comes out, and there have been a number of, of people that have spoken out against this. In 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 a lot of the circles that I run in and that I pay attention to on my media feeds and that kind of stuff, it, it's it's been fascinating within evangelical Christianity how, although there is support for Trump, there is almost an unbridled attack on his character mm-hmm. and then silence on the other side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And which I find fascinating. I find absolutely fascinating. Um, and again, I'm not saying that's by everybody, but I'm talking about in a lot of the circles that I run in, mm-hmm. it really is very easy for them to say uh, Donald Trump said incendiary things, and that's not Christian. Okay. And then on the other side, like just literally crickets. Yeah. And I, I, I really believe that the church is in a position right now in America, an evangelical church. Okay is in a position in America where nice still beats every other major mm-hmm. issue, right? Mm-hmm. So in the end, the incendiary is the epitome of evil. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I've got a lot of good friends that are uh, are clearly outspoken about how terrible an incendiary these things are. 
And then when I want to say, okay, so we want to make character, and, and, I, and privately we'll have these conversations. So let's talk about character. And then again, on the other side, there's just crickets. And it's not even just about the, the, the it's not about just about Clinton and Trump. I would even say it can filter into, even within the entire political yeah, process. Republican, Democrat, yeah, all of that stuff. But yeah. it's, it's still far more appropriate to, um, to lie, to be deceitful, um, to, to not follow through on your promise. Those are character traits that are ignored. Mm-hmm. But if you are incendiary, that's a, that's a, that's a non-negotiable. And I, I kind of wish somebody would write about this or somebody would actually even talk about this um, because it is within evangelical circles also very popular to bash Trump and then silence. Mm-hmm. And I want to say, I, I really think that if we're going to talk about character, I've always thought this, we need to talk about the fullness yeah. of the characters that matter in terms of what we're calling our own people to and what we should even recognize in others. So to me, it's like, let's, let's always be willing to talk about these things, you know, at a much, at a much deeper level. I'm going to say this really quickly. And then I want to kind of have you guys kind of bounce off of this. My two final challenges that I would add to this last one, people who are, who aren't aware, I would really challenge you to seek out the wisdom of a godly man or a godly woman and ask them how they're thinking through this. Mm-hmm. Okay, so for those of you that are undecided, and maybe it's maybe it's like you're my kids; it's your first election. Find biblical wise counsel and talk about this. Dialogue about this. How did you get there? Um, personality of an individual or platform. Um, tell me about how you're dealing with a lot of the concerns. So for those of you that don't know, seek wise counsel. Mm-hmm. And the flip on that is for those of you that are wise counsel, like be ready to give. Um, how does, how, does, how does Peter write this? We get her to, to give like a reason for the hope that you have. Yeah. But not just in Jesus, but in, in, in your process. I really would say to those that are mature, like, have you thought through this? Could you articulate it? So if, if a young person came up to you and said, how did you get to your answer? You know, can you give an answer that you're comfortable with? Mm-hmm. So, you know, those are two things that I kind of thought about in terms of some specific advice. Seek wise counsel. And for those of you that really are wise, like give wise counsel. Mm-hmm. Anything you guys want to add to that as we close? I would I would just say on that as far as like you know, seek people you know, but there are also some I, I'm getting a lot of help from some from some pastors that I don't know but respect a lot as far as their kingdom centeredness and some mm-hmm. things like that. Some some people like Russell Moore, um, who's very aware aware of the political process <laughs> yes. and and very aware of the flaws of both sides and very aware of you know all of these things and and a guy like Joe Carter um, who, yeah. who who knows his stuff when it comes to and and I, I confess that a lot of times I step into this because of because of my withdrawal from the world of politics for the for the last whatever 10 12 15 most like I said pretty much my adult <laughs> life um, so I don't know if it's withdrawal if I was never really that involved in it anyway exactly. I, withdrawal. I, I confess like an ignorance to some of this that yeah. I've had to I've had to try and catch up and do a little homework and so finding some guys like that that I, I trust and whether I'm 100% going to agree with them all the time I trust them I trust their heart for the kingdom and I trust their knowledge of this this sphere of politics and so and don't trust Facebook and Twitter yeah, to so. to give you the best um you know depiction they're already geared to give you what you want to hear mm-hmm. um so you know if you want to use that as one fifth of your sources of what's kind of going on yeah. even you know in terms of like a I think as Christians, we should really give one of the best pictures of patience and tolerance and uh, kind of a desire to talk to people that disagree with you. Yep. 
like have an honest conversation with someone that is is completely on the other side of the political fence um and uh and and, and learn from them not just fix them but learn from them I really think this can become an incredible opportunity. It's in Russell Moore's book, Onward. He makes the comment about the Bible Belt is getting ready to fall. And he said, good riddance, you know, kind of in his introduction. And there's a part of this that I think is going to cause us on both sides, red or uh, red, yeah, red red or blue, that are going to kind of cause us to say, can you give um, a thought out biblical kingdom first picture Mm -hmm. of your convictions and, and kind of where you're lining up, so... Listen, we um, and I, I, I as a as a as a Canadian, I'm grateful to live in this country. I mean, as many as pro- people are always like, "Well, do you wish you could go back to Canada?" And I, no, I, I really don't. I mean, I'm I'm grateful God has called me here. I'm grateful to be a part of this. I'm grateful um, to be praying for the process. I'm more than willing to submit to whoever is in the White House in a biblical way. Yeah. Um. So you know, I, I think it's good for us to remember that in order for us to be salt and light, we also have to love the country that we're a part of and love it enough to speak truth to it, love it enough to, um, to be willing to critique it. Mm-hmm. And I, I really think that is a, is, is a huge element. Um, you know, we say a lot when we're dealing with difficult situations, let's make sure we talk to God about this more than anybody else. And so here's my final challenge to, to our audience and, and even to those that are in our room right now in the studio. But, um, do you talk to your friends more about the political process? Do you talk to, uh, uh, people, do you complain more to those around you, or do you genuinely talk to God about it? And if you, if God is the one you talk least about what's going on, and you seek His wisdom least, I, I would really challenge you um, to 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 reverse that. So, those are my final thoughts. Um, vote well, my brothers and sisters, uh, those of you that are working through. But more than more than voting well, I really would challenge you to, uh, with a kingdom perspective, think through this and respond to this well. Um, we love you guys. We'll see you in our next podcast.